This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. So last Sunday, 2019, we're going to have communion uh, today and uh, at the proper time, ushers, I'll give you a cue when you can serve folks. But I want to set the stage for that because many, many times this is a it's a tradition that God set in place, an ordinance. Actually, the Bible says forever the uh, the principle of this and the practice of it. Um, and that's a strong word because that goes beyond time and, and even here where we are in this uh, this life if it, he said it would be forever. So uh, it's a tradition that marks transitions. And if we're not careful, you know, Jesus warned us about that. He said sometimes our traditions uh, negate or nullify or void the word of God. The, the, we practice the letter but we miss the spirit of the thing. So uh, this is, it's an important tradition. But I want you to realize this. Uh, that it's always the setting in the Bible, both the Old Testament and the New Testament. We'll show you in just a moment. Was always that it marked a major transition or great. And transitions its simplest form is, is going from and going to. All right. The, the, inter- the intersection of change. And you know, there are little changes uh, that we don't really have to, you know, have to mark. But there are those places in life. And God, you know, God loves symbolism and types and things like that. I mean, uh, you know, when he, when he uh, crossed the people over uh, the Jordan and into the promised land... He said, hey, let's do this. I want, I want each tribe, a leader from each tribe, to pick up a stone. And we're going we're gonna to build a memorial here. Yeah. Amen. And uh, there are spiritual memorials and natural memorials. God, uh, uh, and, and we get that from God. Anyway, the Old Testament, we find some scripture in Exodus, the 12th chapter. You could turn over there if you want. But it... A transition is, it marks the old is over. Say it with me. The old is over. New is now. All right. In Exodus 12, we find where God instructed and he instituted the first observance. And the context was starting in verse 11. I want to give you just a little bit of, of, of background here. All right. Uh, they were at the at the pinnacle they were i mean on the at the very day and the night within 24 hours in the context of a 24 hour period where god had fulfilled his promise uh that was made to abraham that encompassed several hundred years and it was to the day the bible says in another place that he brought his children out that he delivered them, that he saved them, and he delivered them from uh, uh, from Pharaoh, who is a type of uh, the devil, and from uh, the world system, Egypt, which was they were bound in bondage to. Um, but that's the context, and you, you, it's important to understand the history uh, many times. And you know, this is why in our culture today. Where they want to rewrite history and they want to do all these kind of things like this. No, listen now. It's important that we know where we came from and why we're not there anymore and why we're going somewhere else. And pretend all that stuff didn't happen is just, you know, it's, you know, it's, an, it's a non-reality. Okay? You look around here in this church, even local things. I'm not going to get way down there into that. But, you know... Uh, I can take you to New Testament scripture, and for me, that's the final word. Where Jesus said, if you hold up your hand, and whatever you see, whether that's a man's hand or a girl's hand, female's hand, whether that hand is a Jewish hand or a Gentile hand, if that hand is black, green, yellow, purple, blue, it doesn't matter. What does matter is the new creation. 
is the person that lives on the inside, whether they are born again or not born again. And that is the final word on it. So all this other stuff now, you know, you, you know, you can get mad at me if I drive, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, a pink truck. You know what I'm saying? It's just the vehicle. That's all it is. Your physical body, you know, it's what you want it to be or whatever. It's the one you got, honey. It's the one you ride in from the cradle to the grave. It's just it. Are you listening? You can suck it, tuck it, cut it, you know. I mean, uh, feed it, you know, blow it up. Do whatever you want to do with it. It's your body. Or you can glorify God with it and thank God for it every day. You're, uh, you're alive. You got breath in your body. Amen. I'm going to use my body, everything in me to serve Jesus and to win other folks to him. Amen. I don't know how we got on over there, but it's important, you know, to know where we come from. I can't help but imagine that there were people standing there. Uh, there were people, young people holding babies, and there were old people that had, had lived all their life. In bondage, had lived all of their days, but lived long enough to see the day of deliverance. Amen. And they stood there, small and great, old and young. Oh. And here's God. We're in the time frame of God fulfilling His promise. This is the context of this. So it's no light uh, thing. It really isn't. Uh, um, and he said, oh, and God gave him instruction. He said, here's the spirit of the thing. Gave instructions about, uh, uh, you know, a lamb for uh, every household and all of the particulars and things like that. But he said, but here's how I want you to do this. All right, here's what you do, but here's how I want you to do this. Verse 11, and you shall eat it thus as fully prepared for a journey. Your loins girded, your shoes on your feet and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. We're saying eat it with expectancy. Eat it ready to go with God. Eat it ready to leave here and to go for the there that I'm going to set in front of you. There is simply, it's a time. It's always a time, a place. It's a, a, it's a territory, a uh, that God sets before us. In the New Testament, uh, Jesus, now, now I want you to think of this, took, the cha- took John 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17, took five chapters surrounding Jesus' last Passover. What we call communion. Five chapters. Five full chapters in one night and, and conversation that happened between his disciples uh, and himself. Uh, And we see that it was given that much priority to to the importance and the priority and the practice of the Passover and communion by Jesus himself. Same context. He He was at a place of transition. He said, I'm getting ready to go. He said, well, the purpose is where I'm going, I want you to come with me. All right? Our journeys are going to look uh, about the same, but a little bit different. I'm going right now ahead of you. It's better that I go ahead because I'm going to prepare a place. Also, the promise of the Father is going to come. If I don't go, He can't come. All right. So as a place of transition, it, again, a tradition that marked a transition. Here's Jesus is, is prioritizing this and the importance of it. Uh, in the same context. I want you to go with me. Now listen, go with God into the new for you that God has prepared. You know, we're, we're I, I, you know, time was God's idea and we wouldn't know anything about it apart from God, how many of you realize this? Now, I know, I understand that, that, you know, that there's a spirit in the world that thinks it's so smart, you know, and, and really, really uh, um, magnifies and glorifies 
you know, intelligence and being so smart. And to be a Christian doesn't mean that you're so stupid. Amen? just means you're wise. You're wised up. Uh, but God teaches us about time. And, and you know, it's a, it's a, it really is a, uh, a marked place when we come to this point in the year where, uh, where folks are actually going to count down seconds. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six. You know, and for some it means the ball drops. For other people it means they'll have another beer or a shot of whatever. For other folks they won't remember anything about the evening <laughs> until the next day when their friends told them such, thus and so. We've all, anyhow, you know what I'm saying. Uh, Christians and non-Christians are going to bring in the same new year. But now, uh, think about this. It'll begin with a new minute, a new hour. A new day, a new week, a new month. And then it'll repeat itself 12 times in a whole brand new year. Amen? Everybody say new for you. Why does God do that? You know, why does he even say his mercies are new every morning? You know, every day there's an opportunity in our life to exercise the option of the new. To exercise the option of new. Because God's into the new. It's going to be a new year. It's not going to be a carryover of the last year. Now there's some things that, you know, we still believe God for. Maybe haven't manifested in 2018. Or we haven't seen the there it is of that. You know, and faith keeps the new year should say, well, I'm closer than I've ever been. I'm closer than I think I am. Because <laughs> I've been faithful, amen. All right. Uh, in keeping, so uh, in if you recall, 2018, uh, this is something that we heralded the whole year. It's a transition year. It's a year of from and a year of to. You know, uh, journeys uh, um, are marked by movement. Sometimes you just got to keep moving. You just got to stay moving. Amen. If you're going to go with God, you got to move with God. And God's not standing still. God is always taking us from where we are to the there that he wants us to be. So in keeping with the word and the works, the seeing and the hearing and the doing of the will and the ways of God, we're come today. And I want to share a powerful passage of Scripture with you out of Philippians 3, 12 through 17 out of the Passion Bible. This really applies, uh, can apply to what we're going to do here today. Uh, and I want you to just listen to this. It said, Paul, this is Paul writing. He said, I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing. But I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. Now here's, here's a focal point for us in, the, in, in making change in our life, in embracing change, and in actually seeing real and lasting change. You, you, have you noticed it's hard to focus in this world? A lot of distractions, a lot of attractions and distractions, a lot of voices, a lot of noise. And, but, but we must live focused lives. In order to really accomplish anything, you know, uh, we, we, you have to focus. Isn't that right? If you're going to stay married, you're going to focus on the girl, you will. You can't be distracted by all the other girls. Boy, that was for free. Let's focus back here. Now. He said, this is my one compelling focus. I forget all of the past. See, everybody say all of it. See, so you can't ride on, you know, the good or the bad. It's all of it. It's gone. It's done. 
You, know, you may hang a trophy on your wall, honey, but that trophy ain't going to pay the bills tomorrow. Take the trophy down there to the gas station and say, look here, I'm a winner. <laughs> they don't care. They, they showed me the money winner. I'm going to give you this trophy. You keep it for yourself. <laughs> it won't spend. That victory, yes, they won't spend today. I'm preaching real good right now. Forget all the past. See, your prayer, yes, they won't spend today. You, I heard the word 14 years ago, won't spend today. I forget all the past as I ask. Now listen, it's simultaneous. How you forget the past, I'm going to tell you what now, it's the hardest thing. Sometimes, I mean, you know, the devil will just remind me of the wants and the don'ts. Of the unfaithful and the uncommitted. Of the stumbling and the stumbling blocks. Are you listening? Of the fools and the failures. And sometimes that just gets in the way, you know, uh, of you've got to focus on the future. Uh, of Are you listening? Better for your life. Greater for your life. Amen. You know what I'm talking about. It, it, we have to forget all that and fasten our heart. He said, as I fasten my heart to the future instead. So he's replacing one with the other. You can't have both at the same time. Instead, in first, I can have one or the other. I can keep looking at this and the past, you know, and I can try to drag that in the future or I can just give all that up. Isn't that right? And I can... And I can move forward uh, and fasten my heart on the future. Amen? Yeah. All right. Again, this is instruction how we come to this. Listen, I want to uh, read down through here. It says, I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. So let all who are fully mature have this same passion and if anyone is not yet gripped by these desires, God will reveal it to them. And let us all advance together to reach this victory prize, following one path with one passion. My beloved friends, imitate my walk with God and follow all those who walk according to the way of life that we modeled before you. For there are many who live by different standards. So I'm going to say something. Listen. We invite you, Pastor Sandy and I, to follow us as we follow the Lord. We invite the leadership and the membership. You know, there's lots of folks that you could look to, you know, uh, all around that you can let be your uh, that you can let be your example uh, in things. And you just, you know, many times when when you know uh, when even as a preacher, I've tried to justify myself. It's like, you know, well, if other folks don't care enough to come, why should I go? But see, I don't see Jesus doing that. I don't see the people that I'm following. I, I, I followed faithful people. I need to be around people that my biggest concern before coming Christian was that nobody could live this thing. So I found me some folks that not just have lived it, are living it still. I'm going to follow some folks that got 40, 50, 60, a lifetime in with the Lord. I know he can keep you. He can get you. I wonder whether he could keep you. I'm going to be one that I have to be kept by the Lord. Are you listening? There ain't nothing out there I want. Amen. Not a thing. It, it, it has no allure. There's nothing out there that satisfies or fulfills like the Lord. That's the truth. And I'm going to tell you, God has given me all of my heart's desires. I'll tell you, with more prosperity comes more problems. Because it's a problem, if you're a fool, it will destroy you. If you're wise, you, it serves God. It, you don't serve money. Uh, there are folks up here, if you get up in the morning, your first thought is, how am I going to get me some money? Who and what is first in your life? Who are you serving? Well, I got to work. I didn't say you didn't have to work. We all got to work. But we're not working for money. We're working for uh, the Lord. And he gives us what we need out of that. And if it take money, then it take money. Money's not going to be my master. Not in my thought life. Not in any other part of my life. Now, do I have to give some thought to money? 
I suggest that we do. But determine who is your master because you can't serve two of them. All right. Uh, the world says a prosperous new year. They have a different definition of what prosperity is going to be. Amen. All the rich people said yes and amen. Jesus, we're going to have to work on this because all the poor folk are going, that's it, stick it to them, man. I mean, I'm so glad I'm poor. You know Jesus was poor and all that kind of stuff. Please follow us as we follow the Lord, uh, for there are many who live by different standards. Listen, you know, no, no, God's rich. And God wants to make you rich in all things and in every way. He wants to bless you. He has blessed you. Now he wants to take you even further and make you a blessing. And then you'll be truly rich. Amen. All right. Let all the rich say. That's a little better. See, it only took a, just a paragraph. Amen. <laughs> Ooh, be so, you know, I'm little, but I'm loud. I'm poor, but I'm proud. Ain't got nothing. My daddy didn't either. And we want you to know it. I mean, I grew up singing songs like that around the kitchen table. We're little, but we're loud. We're poor, but we're proud. You got to say it right. We're poor, but we're proud. Oh, we're poor, but we're proud. No, say it like you mean. We're poor, but we're proud. Yeah. And you will revert to our training every time. Hallelujah. All right. Uh, the future of 2019. He said, let's gather together. Let's advance together. And we'll be advancing towards the, the, the future. You know, greatest gift of God. Gives you, he's given you a future. You're still alive. There's hope for a future. Gospel of Jesus is called the great hope. Amen. Let's do the future. Let me, let me interject a few things into uh, some things that we could look forward to in 2019. To know God for yourself. The Bible says in one place, in everything, we, we we're, the purpose of everything is to know Him. Up, down, all around, good, bad, all in between, I am purposed to know Him. See, if I find uh, myself inundated in sickness, I am going to know Him as a healer. If I find myself, you know, reduced uh, into the rubble of poverty, I'm going to know him as my source and my provider. If I find myself struggling with temptation and struggling to be free and be delivered, I'm going to know him as my deliverer. And healing, health, wealth, uh, freedom are results of knowing Him as He is. All of those things, everything. Uh, another one would be to find freedom. Um, it would be embracing His truth through the Bible. Jesus said, if you'll continue in my word, you'll know the truth. And in knowing the truth, you'll be free. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. See, real freedom comes in knowing the truth from the Son of God. Real freedom. It's not freedom that one day the scale says this. And, you know, I've lost hundreds of pounds in my life. Hundreds. Hundreds. Plural. Are you listening? It's not, it, it's not in that. It's, it's in finding the healthy place and the happy place, how God made you. Amen? And then living there. <clears throat> if you're not happy where you are, your future can be different. Whatever your numbers would be, whatever your measurements of health or wealth would be, whatever your measurements where relationships and things of this nature would be, your relationship with God, relationship with other people. If you're not happy where things are, take the trip with God. He's got more. 
greater for your life. Amen. To know God, to find freedom, to discover purpose. Isn't this what this scripture said right here? It said, it said let's, uh, uh, let's discover this together. Let's go after it. Let's go for it and discover God's purpose for our life and his calling. To make a difference. Not just to know him, but to how you make the greatest difference is that we make him known to others. We are the living message. You're the letter that God has written to other people. Now listen, I don't know, you know, all that the future holds. Probably this year more than any other. Pastor Sandy had asked me, you know, you're, uh, uh, for a number of years now that we have uh, taken and listened to God and written down things and, and given, presented them as prophetic words for the uh, you know, for the, the coming year uh, to set an expectation. And, you know, God, ha- God continues to speak. He's spoken things to your heart, hasn't he? And he's formed desires in you. But honestly, I'm at a place now where I really don't know all that the future holds. I have hopes and dreams and desires for myself, my family, for the church, uh, for God's family, uh, for the nation, uh, just like you do, all right? What I do know is that I will, I choose to trust the one who does hold the future. I don't know what the future holds. But I know that I will because I choose to trust the one who holds the future. He holds the future. And if he doesn't reveal it, then it's impossible to know it. It will be lived out for sure one day at a time. Let me give you a secret to success. One day at a time. Amen. What difference do it make? You know, on the journey, if you're headed for heaven and you're determined you're going to get there. Amen. Every day you're closer than ever. Every day, uh, uh, you know, the balance scale in our life is tilting, isn't it? It's tipping. We're getting closer to God. Amen. Jeremiah 29 and 11. This is God's word on the subject. And I'm going to... Uh, quote this out of the message Bible. It says, out of verse 11, I know what I'm doing. This is God God talking. Just for your, how do they say that? Your FYI. Look at your neighbor and say, now pay close attention. This is God saying, the the I is the big I in here. Big I. Says, I know what I'm doing. Have really? <laughs> you know, have you ever gone like, you know, read that and then automatically your arms crossed you and say, Really, God? <laughs> because I sure don't know what you're doing. It, that doesn't change it. He knows what he's doing, even if we don't know. Amen. I have it all planned out, plans to take care of you. One translation says plans of welfare and peace. Not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. You heard Pastor Sandy uh, say that. What are you expecting? You know, God is setting an expectation in our heart. I tell you, it, it, you know, get the word of God is seed. Seed automatically carries the expectation of something from it. You can't look at a seed and its expectation is built in. If you do what needs to be done with the seed, you can expect a harvest of what the seed is, is promising. This word is the ultimate seed. And if you do what you need to do with the seed, put it in your heart. Put it in your mouth. Act like it's true. Plant it. Good soil. Seed and soil. Good seed and good soul have every right to expect a harvest. So whatever God is saying to you from his word, expect to have that in your life. All right? Give you the future you hope for. Verse 12 and 14. When, everybody say this when we say when. When you call on me. When, say it again, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious. Did he really say that? 
Would God challenge the silly folk to get serious? When you get serious about finding me and want it, what finding me more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. <clears throat> when you call on me, when you come to me, when you come looking for me, and when you get serious about it. There's four wins in there. Notice there's not yes. He fully expects that if, you're, if you really want God's if you're going to go with God, that, that it's just a, it's not if, it's simply a matter of time. Let me tell you something now. You will learn the lessons. We'll learn the lessons because we want to or because we need to or a combination of both. We'll learn it because of good choices and consequences or wrong choices and wrong consequences. But God is a good father and we will learn to do things his way is better. Every one of us. We all will. Amen. You know, now, now listen, you know, uh, uh, that's not being mean. You know, I mean, that's loving your children. That's being good to your children is to teach them and train them. Well, I'll tell you what, now, preacher, I ain't coming back here. You're going to get my allowance cut off. Probably should have been cut off a long time ago. Yeah. Nah, I'm just kidding. Amen. We'd have conversations about that. Kyle would say, you know what? He says, so-and-so's parents do this and do that. And I said, yeah, and when they're 42, they'll still be living out of their back pocket in the back room. I said, you, my friend, we can drop you off in the middle of nowhere and you will survive. Because we trained you to work and live by faith. Work the word. Amen? You will be a success no matter what happens because that's what we're training you to do. Hallelujah. That, my friend, is what God's trying to train you to do, be a success no matter what the future holds. You up and you ready and you and God are majority in your life and what you and Him say is how it is going to be, period. Hallelujah. Because around here, that's how we train folks. You're going to win. You're not going to lose. Don't you you think you're going to lay down and die? I'll resurrect you and you're going to have to learn how to do it all over again. Damage, you understand? Don't let the devil in. He'll hurt you. Keep him out is easier than to get him out. Come, we'll teach you how to keep him out. Hallelujah. I didn't mean to holler. Our ushers are going to serve you. There we go. I see movement. Boy, those boys are... You see that? Amen. Bring excellence to the house of God. We don't have to hesitate and be, you know, we we we're we're up and ready, listening for, waiting for our part. Amen. And I'm going to tell you what, boys. Now listen, you're going to be you're going to be more blessed because you're giving, you're serving in the house of God. Amen. You ought to find a a place to do something. Employ who you are and what God made you. Do something for God. How many of you would like God to do something for you in 2019? Will it be okay if I share with you how? If you'll sow a seed of doing something for God, not to get God to do something for you, but if you just sow a seed of doing something for God, it's impossible for Him to ignore a seed. Amen. Are you listening? I mean, He'll... He, you, there, there's a stronger confidence in your life, a guarantee, Lord, of the harvest of that seed. I thought about this, you know. There's a lot of folk. When it rains, I always think about how many people will stumble over the mud puddle and not make it to church. I do. I think about that because I know that, that it affects people. The weather affects people. Amen. It really does. Uh, you know, uh, but... But I wonder if a little mud puddle makes us stumble and we sow a seed of stumbling, what in the world is going to happen when we have to start running with the horses here? When bigger storms come in our life, we'll, we'll keep on stumbling. If you sow seeds of stumbling, you'll keep stumbling. 
I'll tell you something, this next year, don't get left behind. Start out and stay with it and don't get left behind because you sure don't want to start sowing seeds of left behind this late in the hour that when everybody else is gone, you'll come someday to the church and very possible in 2019. I'm not saying that I know the day. I don't know what the future holds. But other than uh, reaping a great harvest in here, that's the only thing holding Jesus back. But you know, amen. How many of you would like or need or hopeful for some change in your life uh, in 2019? Well, I sure am. You know, uh, we got to forget what's behind and look forward to what's out in front of us. It's all going to be new. You know, uh, God is a is a God of the new. And and there's one thing, the measurement, I'll just give you the measurement of this next year because sometimes we just, you know, uh, um, we need a context. And the Lord told me this. I shared it with leadership. I've been sharing it in little ways between the time he gave it to me back in the fall, uh, October, uh, through here, that this, God has said, it's been good, but I want to make it great. The measure's moving. Good is one measurement. Great is another measurement. All right? We don't have to define that. Let God define that. He's a great God. He can define that in your life. All right? The, the bigger context of that simply is this. It is considerably more and above the regular or the normal. All right? The normal is good. God's just good. He's very good. All right? But, but now listen, realize this. He's also great and greater. And the Bible teaches in one, in one, actually, one of his names is the greatest. All right? Boy, I'm telling you, I'm glad to have lived long enough uh, to, to, uh, to make the transition out of good and into the next measure of great. Amen. And that's where we're going. Now, a, a word of caution here. See, that works both ways. The balance scale goes both ways, but it's going to be great. It's going to be greater blessing or greater curse. It's going to be greater life or greater death. There's only two options. There's only two. God said, I set this before you this day, heaven and earth, angels, demons, everybody's in a witness. He goes, here's the two options, life and blessing, the curse and death. That's it. Amen? Well, you know, I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer. I mean, it's, a, it's kind of a no-brainer, isn't it? Huh? Yeah, but, uh, you know, it's all right. You know, one, at one point in time, when, when you feel the need or the desire, see, here, God will be right here on this side. God will be right over here. Amen? Just outside of the circle of God's blessing is more than enough curse You'll have your belly full of it. Amen. And we love you, but you know, I'm going to tell you what, we all only choose for ourselves. Now listen, let's, uh, I want to read here. I've got to do this out of this other Bible. I'm thinking about learning how to operate that little iPad thing. <laughs> Don't lie, that's mean. <laughs> Old people consider that mean. No. How to operate that where it, where it could just pull up or write down or do all the notes of the different translations. I won't have to actually use paper. But there's something about the sound of paper. You know, turn to and you hear paper moving. You don't hear much paper moving any longer in the church. Most of it is, you know, you look out there and the little blue lights or faces are aglow not with the glory of God, but the blue lights from the phone. Here, I'm going to take a selfie right now, preacher. See, I'm, see. <laughs> it's okay. Amen. If you can't beat them, join them. All right. All right. This is in 1 uh, Corinthians 11th chapter. I'm just going to read it, and then we're going to do this. All right. It says, let me go over with you again exactly what goes on in the Lord's Supper and why it is so centrally important. 
I received my instructions from the master himself and passed them on to you. The master Jesus, on the night of his betrayal, took bread. Having given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body broken for you. Do this to remember me. After supper, he did the same thing with the cup. This cup is my blood, my new covenant with you. Each time you drink this cup, remember me. What you, what you most solemnly realize is that what you must solemnly realize is that every time you eat this bread and every time you drink this cup, you reenact in your words and actions the death of the master. You will be drawn back to this meal again and again until the master returns. You must never let familiarity breed contempt. Anyone who eats the bread or drinks the cup of the master irreverently is like part of the crowd that jeered and spit on him at his death. Is that the kind of remembrance you want to be part of? Examine your motives, test your heart, and come to this meal in holy awe. First, don't care about the broken body of the master when you eat and drink. You're running the risk of serious consequences. That's why so many of you, even now, are listless and sick, and others have gone to an early grave. If we get this straight now, we won't have to be straightened out later on. Better to be confronted by the master now than to face a fiery confrontation later. So, my friends, when you come together to the Lord's table, be reverent and courteous with one another. All right, that's, that's pretty straightforward in the instructions where that's concerned. I do believe that it's very important uh, for this not to be religiously uh, you know, uh, taken religiously, you know, and, and, and with false humility and piety and sadness and all that. Listen, the death of Jesus Christ, well, he did that willingly so that we could live. So it's a celebratory thing for us. We remember he died so I could live. Now, my honoring his death is, is, is being alive, alive. It's celebrating that. It's taking that life. Now, now, he went on to uh, say this, judge our motives uh, and our, our intents where this is concerned. Take it seriously in a sacred uh, way. Uh, don't be silly with it. Don't let it just be a familiar. That's why we don't do it very often here, but at special times. So it's not a familiar thing where it's just a light thing and taken uh, uh, too lightly. Uh, and it's very appropriate that we do this in this uh, at this time frame. You know, uh, this is a win for us. Amen. Right here at the beginning of the new. I love this where he said that the blood represents the new. And it's a covenant. It's not a contract that can be wiggled out and weaseled out of. It's a covenant that was bought by his blood. Uh, and and with both parties, we agree and we're and we're committed for life to life for this. Amen. So we're going to do the same thing that he did. He took the bread and he gave thanks. Now before we break it, uh, there, there, are, there are things that we can be thankful for, but specifically, all right, in this, the broken body of Jesus, here's what, what happened with he was willing to be broken to take our brokenness, all right? Sin breaks us. We're broken in sin, beyond fix. But God fixed us through the brokenness of Jesus. He took sin on himself, became sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. Pure gift of grace. Amen. The other thing is he broke, he broke sin's power to dominate in our physical bodies. All right? Just listen. His body was broken, so he break every, every uh, form of lust every form of, uh, of domination, addiction in our lives. There's nothing that, or no one that would have power over, uh, over you where the, your physical body is concerned, all right? It, it, he broke the, the dominion of sin and all that comes with that, that, you, that your body can be lived long and strong, healthy and whole, and you fulfill the number of your days that your strength would, would equal the length of your days. All of those things are included in the broken body of Jesus. I'll tell you another thing. In a broader sense, not rightly discerning the body of Christ, is this. The broader sense is that, you know, we can receive this today representing uh, his, his body 
our body, but the greater body at large of the church. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of brokenness in the church today in, in the form of, of real agreement and fellowship and relationship uh, that we need to rightly discern that. And for our part, live at peace with all men. But also we can believe that for uh, broken relationships, people that, that we know and love, our family, our friends, and we can believe that if they've broken fellowship with God, that they'll be brought, that that will be mended and healed and brought back in. If they've broken fellowship with uh, us, it may seem like that it's beyond repair, but there's nothing that God cannot fix. And this is a, it really is a sacred meal. It's also very supernatural, all right? So let's give God thanks for, in light of what, uh, uh, in, in light of the, you know, the, the broken being made whole, uh, grab some of that for yourself. Amen. Believe some of that for yourself. Amen. Believe some of that for your friends and for uh, and for your family. And I'm going to tell you what I, uh, it comes to mind today. Uh, uh, Jim, uh, you know, uh, who's a faithful member here, he's here all the time. But uh, you know, uh, he's been attacked with sickness and disease. But it comes to mind that the centurion who came to Jesus, and uh, he said. Uh, must have read Psalms 107 because Psalms 107 says that when we're in trouble, even physically, that God sends his word and he heals us. So I'm going to believe for wholeness and healing from my friend Jim uh, today as well. I, I, I just believe that we can stand in uh, proxy for those that we love uh, and those that we care about and are in relationship with. How about you? You know somebody? You. I know you know Jim, release your faith for that. But how about other folks in your life? Let's make this just more than about us. Let's make it about the body that Jesus had in mind. Not just the sheep that are here, but the sheep that aren't here as well. Amen. So, Lord, we give you thanks today for all of these wonderful promises. All of the power that, that was brought to bear and purchased by Jesus, the broken body of Jesus. So, we give you thanks today for deliverance and salvation, for healing. Lord, we thank you for power and might and dominion. We thank you, Father, for mending and healing and wholeness, spirit, soul, and body. Lord, for ourselves, for our family, for our friends, for our city, our community, for your church and for the world. We just thank you, Lord. We're not going to limit you what you want to do, but we're going to engage today and remember you. Lord, you did it for all. And it was, it was more than satisfying to the Father. And we, can't, and we declare that's enough for us today. And let's, we break the body of Jesus now and partake together. And the Bible goes on to say, and after he did the same thing with the cup. Now listen, this blood, here he says, it's the new, it's the new covenant. That new covenant, the Bible says in one place that the blood gave us the opportunity and the access that we who are far away could be brought near by the blood of Jesus. The blood paid the redemptive price. It bought us back and it brought us back so that we could belong to God legally but also experientially. It's not just a thing written in the Bible. It's a reality in our lives that we've been brought back to God. We've been redeemed from the hand of the enemy, the land of darkness and we have been redeemed into the family of God. Even, even a people who are not a people, now the people of God, even the sons and daughters of God. It's a powerful, powerful, powerful thing. And I'm going to tell you what now. I'm going to give thanks uh, today, not just for my own life, but for my family, for all my friends, for the church family, and for those that have not yet uh, appeared. But that this next year, I'll tell you, folks are going to be brought near to God. Folks are going to be bought back from God. Folks are going to uh, experience what it means to belong to God. 
as sons and daughters. And I tell you, he's a great God and he's ready to make it great for you. Can we celebrate him today together? Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name. Lord, we want to be near you. We want to walk closely with you. We want to know you and we want to make you known to others. We thank you, Lord, that we were once strangers and without hope, without your covenants, lost in a dark world. But, Lord, you found us. And, Lord, you saved us, as the song says, because you loved us. And, Lord, I thank you in Jesus' name that you're not going to love us less, but you're going to love us in even greater measure in the year of 2019. We look forward with expectancy what love will look like, what love will be like, what love will do like in 2019. Thank you for loving us, Jesus. Thank you for loving those that we love and care about. And thank you by this time next year, we're believing someone for our life. We'll have someone to show for the love that you showed and the love of God that we'll show them in Jesus' name. Could we drink together? Well, thank God. Amen. It's been a wonderful year. I want Pastor Sandy and I want to thank you. Uh, for all of the uh, for all the grace that you have <laughs> that you have afforded us, all of the love that you uh, have shown us, it's our privilege. Uh, it's our privilege. We count it a wonderful privilege when you call us your pastors. Even more so when uh, you know we're able to call you our friends and. Uh, we look forward to we look forward to serving you in 2019. If you wonder where we'll be on Wednesday, we'll be here. On Sunday morning, we'll be here. When it's dark outside on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, we'll be here. We'll be doing what we've done. Only we'll do it in a greater measure this next year. We'll be we'll be. We'll be praying. We'll be praying over you. We'll be praying over those that will believe because you have believed. We'll be speaking the, the truth. We'll be teaching, preaching the word of God in love. Hallelujah. We'll be holding forth the word of life just like we've done for 12 years, only we intend to talk a little louder, stay a little longer, be a little stronger in 2019. We'll be here. Even if you're not here, we'll be here. Amen. I hope you'll come be with us. But if you wonder what's where we're going to be in 2019, we'll be right here. Amen. And we'll be expecting great things of a great God. And we'll be expecting great things for a great people, for there are no greater people than the people that God has chosen for himself. Amen. Listen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.